gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I'm your host, Adam Pass, and with me as always is Mike Bob Marley Regan. Mike, how are you doing today? I didn't know there was a Bob Marley movie coming out until I saw a trailer yesterday. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it looks like literally every other biopic that we get now because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Bohemian Rhapsody did so well and they went, oh, what if we just make a biopic about every musician ever? I'm not saying this isn't how the song was made. And I don't know where the scene takes place, but they're riding in the car and he's singing "Everything Will Be All Right" to his kid. Yeah, is like, also uh, is that his kid? Like you like that one? I was like, oh, that's gonna be one of those like cheesy light bulb moments in biopics. <laughs> or they're like, wait, play that again. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing there, Mike? Also, why are you shaking that? It's a a protein smoothie. Well. Why are you Actually, using no, this, uh, this is just a smoothie. It's not my protein one. That's all right. Why would you drink a protein one anyways? Because it has three three fourths uh, fruit servings per bottle. <laughs> what is what does that mean? It, it means that it has three and three fourths fruit servings per bottle. What is a fruit oh, you serving? You think you're better than me because now you're shaking your shaker cup. You're fucking yeah. Mister or workout. <laughs> my my water and chocolate protein powder shake. Yeah. So how am I doing? You ask. Yes, I do no, multiple times not- actually. Not great. Huh. Weird. I wonder why. Not great, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll get to why you're not doing great, but I want to draw that out as long as physically possible. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So if you're tuning into this, assumedly you care about football, so we're going to talk about some football here. Thought we'd uh, start off just going team by team on the teams that have been eliminated from contention, do a little post-mortem, decide if their season was a success, a failure, or exactly as we expected. Sound like a plan there, Mike? Yeah, let's, let's, you know, I'm going to jump in here and say, let's just go in the order the games happened. That's exactly what I was going to do. No, it was my idea. I came up with it. <laughs> All right, Mike. Start off here. Cleveland Browns losing the wild card round. Preseason over under was eight and a half. They hit the over on that. Lose their quarterback partway through the season. Replace him with a round robin of different quarterbacks, eventually landing on Joe Flacco, who both saves and then ends their season. Miles Garrett, front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Cleveland Browns, better, worse, or exactly as expected? How about this? If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, are you happy, sad, or indifferent to the outcome of the season? Well, putting it that way is hard because no fan. Maybe now that the loss is a week later, they're in your, now you can be more reflective on the season instead of in the moment, want to burn everything down. Um, I'd say it was, all things considered, it was a success. Like, all, like, I thought they were fucked. I thought they were a top 10, like picking in the top 10 after Nick Chubb went down. I thought Nick Chubb tanked their season, a running back. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson sucked. <laughs> yeah. So I really felt like it was all Nick Chubb in the defense. Yeah, that, I guess that, that kind of has to factor into it too, right? Deshaun Watson looked terrible this season and is a bad person, and you're still paying him a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. And Joe Flacco outplayed him. Doesn't that kind of yeah. hurt if you're a, a Browns fan? Doesn't that kind of hurt your feeling of how the season went? No, if I bet you a lot of Browns fans are delusional. <laughs> They'll be like, what? "Oh, D- D- Deshaun was banged up last season, so that's why he, you know, and then he eventually got hurt so bad he was out. He's actually still really, really good. Once Deshaun gets back, man, starts hooking up with thirty-eight-year-old Amari Cooper, 
gonna be really good. We're good. Personally, I would be uh, worried if Sean Watson was hooking up with anyone. <laughs> That'd be my take. <laughs> I teed you up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's uh, let's take a look at this real quick. I don't know what happened, but Google has completely broken for me now. So. When you Google stuff, do you get that dumb little, like, brick of, like, green suggestions at the top now that if you accidentally click on, it takes you to Bing? No, that sounds like a Bing virus. <laughs> try try Googling something real quick. Anything. By the way, Deshaun Watson has three more years left on his contract, all guaranteed. $63 million cap hit each year. All right, my, my Google's working fine. But at the top of your Google... Is there suggestions that say, like, maybe you meant this? Uh, no. Trending now. This is what it looks like. Yeah, I don't have that. That's so fucking weird. It's super annoying because yeah. it broke recently. And when I Google stuff now, when I scroll, it just scrolls with me. And I can't click on any links from Google. Oh, that's fucking annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have that at all. I I googled uh I googled Florence Pugh and it just brought up Florence Pugh. Well, don't know why that's happening to me. That's weird. <laughs> Anyways, Sean Watson, three years left, all guaranteed. Sixty-three million dollar cap hit. If you cut him right now, your dead cap, two hundred million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That you know how Spot Track will be like. Here's a, a possible out on this contract this year. Like, you'll have, like, a little line that says, mm -hmm. like, you can cut him this year and it reduces the dead cap hit significantly or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, there is none of that for Deshaun Watson's contract. You are stuck until he's 32 years old. When that trade happened, I feel like you had to be the most, like, 1980s guy who sits at a bar and watches every game and calls the waitress or the bartender sweetheart all the time like that kind of guy to be someone who's like oh we got to sean watt that was a great trade what a great trade that was oh that contract great we, we're gonna win the super bowl now isn't it just so great that he's fucking flopped on his face in cleveland like isn't that yeah. literally the best outcome oh god i hope they resign him to an extension after this <laughs> it was the best outcome since we couldn't get the outcome that we probably should have gotten yeah yeah Deshaun Watson out of the league is the best outcome the second best mm -hmm. outcome is Deshaun Watson tanks his career and the Cleveland Brown franchise mm -hmm. and then at the same time Baker fucking Mayfield man made it to the divisional round <laughs> great outcome great outcome so anyways yeah. success failure or on par for the Cleveland Brown season are, are we saying this considering all the things that the trials and tribulations of the year or just based on where they were at the beginning going into the season what you expected going into the season oh i'd still say success yeah i don't know how you couldn't say success they hit the over on their preseason win total made it to the playoffs i mean if you're watching week to week you played four total quarterbacks and a player on your team's gonna win defensive player of the year it's about as good mm -hmm. as you can do as a cleveland browns fan mm -hmm. all right next up Miami Dolphins. Preseason win total, nine and a half. They hit the over on that. They lose in the wild card round to the Chiefs in a game that was never close. There was talk during the season of another terrible person, Tyree Kill, being the MVP. That eventually 
faded. Uh, Tua is in a very, very weird contract situation now where you have some big questions about him. You lose Jalen Phillips. You lose um, Bradley – not Bradley Chubb, the other Chubb. Nick Chubb. No, Bradley Chubb. To be Chubbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like dating apps. <laughs> I got to decide if I want to cut that joke from the know, just, just, just fat shame people on dating apps. <laughs> I, the, the joke was just sitting there, all right? <laughs> So, Miami Dolphins. Uh, you got you got some questions about the structure of the team now. Mike McDaniels, the offense is not working in cold weather. The running backs are going down too easy in cold weather. So you either need to get the one seed and just coast to the Super Bowl or change some things up. What do you think? Success, failure, or on par if you are a Miami, Miami Dolphins fan? Failure. Ooh, that's a little spicy. Oh, what division do you think they play in? <laughs> um, uh, no, I think it's a failure. That's what their fans are probably feeling right now. Like how good their offensive looked, offense looked, and some of the pieces they had on defense. There was higher expectations. Chance they almost won. Like when you factor in, they almost won the division. The Bills came back and stole it from them. When you factor in the amount of big games they came in, like played against good teams and failed except for like the Dallas game where they just inched that one out. Yeah. I feel like if you're a Miami fan, you're definitely feeling like it's a failure, but Hey, good for two. I'm just going to point out that he finished the season with a higher EPA than uh, Patrick Mahomes, but, but do you congratulations? We've just promoted you to general manager, of the Miami dolphins. You give it to mm-hmm. an extension. How much is this? Is he going into his last season? Uh, here, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Uh, he's, yes, he's going into his last season, his fifth-year option. Okay. I'm taking a hard look at what the next year's quarterback class is going to look like. But also, if you do that, you have to take a hard look at who you think you could get later because you're not going to get a top-ten pick probably with yeah this team. And then I'm obviously looking at other QB contracts around the league. But I'm probably going to end up in that situation extending to a if he's open to a short term deal. If he comes at me and is, you know, like three years, if he comes at me and he's like, I want like four or five years, I want the bag. Well, we'd have to sit down and have a conversation. Tua for Brock Purdy. One for one, nothing else involved. Who says no? Me. <laughs> you don't have a say in this. It's the 49ers of the Dolphins. <laughs> Oh, the, the, the Niners say no. You'd rather have Brock Purdy than Tua? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but the 49ers would. Uh, like, we'll, we'll get to it, but, like, Brock Purdy, like, literally couldn't hold on to the ball because it was raining. High, high, highest EPA in the league by, like, a large margin for QBs. is fucking wild. Right? Like, the, the two guys have so much in common because, they're, they're like, if you just look at raw numbers, you you would be like... Like, if you're an alien that landed on Earth today and your first request was, show me all of your quarterback advanced metrics, mm-hmm. the aliens would be like, we demand Tua Tungavailoa and Brock Purdy play a football game against each other. But sitting down and watch football every week, you're like, these guys are mid-level quarterbacks, you know? <laughs> Like yeah, they're like in the middle ten. Yeah, it, it's funny because we're very pro like analytics and stats and all that, but when it comes to Purdy, I'm very like, no, watch the tape. Yeah, 
Yeah, you like, like the the lesson is you can't go one direction or another. You can't say we only look at stats or we only look at tape. Mm-mm. Like you can easily poke holes in like his amazing EPA by being like what you said. Like okay, he hits a guy who's like schemed wide open, makes a very like simple throw, and it's you know like George Kittle or Debo Samuel hits him for like an eleven yard strike and wide open, and he breaks it off for another twenty yards. Yeah, that's going to really help your EPA, but like, you, yeah, you throw you throw a, a swing pass to Christian McCaffrey, who's a yard behind the line of scrimmage, and he takes it sixty yards. Yeah. All right, so we're going. You going to failure for the Dolphins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I have to also. Like, I was I was walking into this thinking success or par, but there was a point this season when they scored seventy points. Like, Dolphins fans must have thought they were going to the fucking Super Bowl at that point, right? Like, has a team ever scored 70 points and then lost in the wild card round? This is has to be the first time, right? I think the 93 uh-huh. yeah. uh, Saskatchewan mm-hmm. Fluff Rough Lugers. Riders. <laughs> <laughs> Rough Riders, yeah. It, they right. did it. Next up, Mike, we have the uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Preseason win total, 7.5. They hit the over. They lose in the wild card round in the only close game that weekend to the Detroit Lions. Coming into the season with Stafford coming off of a down year. They had talked McVay into coming back. Cooper Cup's getting older. And they have second-year running back Kyron Williams go absolutely fucking bonkers. They have first-year wide receiver Puka Nakua go absolutely fucking bonkers. They have a defense stacked with late-round picks go, I don't know, not bonkers, but pretty good. Success, failure, or on par? Los Angeles Rams. Great success, very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, total success here for the for the Rams. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could have any other opinion on this, right? Yeah, a lot of people were thinking they were going to be like, I don't know, probably third in that division. Finish worse than the Seahawks. Yeah. People maybe have people might have slept on Sean McVay, like maybe and I they fell back asleep on Sean McVay or something like they forgot. Oh fuck! They I got Sean so McVay sleep on me. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. <laughs> so That'd be a get, great. We gotta get losers punt, and I'd let Sean McVay sleep on me. Come into the town alone store. Yeah, and I just hope one of us is wearing that t-shirt, and we run into Sean McVay. We just well, look at him and we go, I'm serious. I stand by it. <laughs> that would take some work. I like the idea that we both just put on the t-shirt and then go hang out at LAX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just ho- hoping <laughs> we run to Sean McVay. Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. Oh, my God, Sean. Like... I didn't even know I was wearing this shirt. That's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, so what are you doing? <laughs> oh, but are you like, like, what do you think of the shirt? Is that like something that could like happen? Or <laughs> Anyway. People got so focused, I think, on the roster that they had lower expectations. But then, like you pointed out, defensive players drafted late that did solid. Puka you know, Puka goes nuts. Kyron goes nuts. Sean McVay, maybe after this season, could have gotten like a new, be reinvigorated. You know, like you may not have to talk him back to keep coaching. He may be like, oh, that, like I love this team. It was so exciting what we were able to accomplish. Let's let's fucking do it again. Let's keep going. Yeah, you ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna coin a new phrase for this. Mm-hmm. It was the Anthony Edwards illusion. We all got wrapped up in the cycle of this guy doesn't want to be around anymore. 
or in Anthony Edwards' case, this guy might want to go play football instead of basketball. Mm-hmm. And so we ignored all the indicators that were like, oh, actually, this guy's really good. Like, the whole Sean McVay thing was like, he didn't know if he was going to come back. Aaron Donald didn't know if he was going to come back. And that became the entire talking point instead of, wait, these guys just won a fucking Super Bowl. Sean McVay got all of his friends' jobs because of how good he was on offense. He turned Todd Gurley into an MVP candidate like six years ago. Mm -hmm. And he still has Stafford. He still has Cup. He still has, I, I guess, Aaron Donald on defense. But we just, we all ignored the signs that, hey, this team might actually be like closer to league average or slightly above because we were all focused on the Sean McVay might retire. Yeah, and I'm sure there were, there were some games and without pulling up their schedule, I'm probably just not remembering them. But it, just, it felt like a team that never got blown out or wasn't competitive in a game, even when they lost. Yeah, and they were basically like well above 500 in the second half of the season. Um, I mm-hmm. think that they started relatively slow. Here, I just pulled up their schedule. Um, they lost by 17 points in week one and 23 points to Dallas, 17 points to Green Bay. So they had a couple of multiple score games. But after their bye week, so week 11 on, they went 1, 2, 3, 4. Four, five, six, seven. They went seven and one mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, and their only loss was to Baltimore in overtime. And, and I think, like on one of these podcasts around like the midpoint of the season, I made a comment about like guys, like the Rams. The, yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but that's a good like tough football team to play every week. And then probably what like four weeks before the playoffs, and I was like, oh shit, no, the Rams are actually a team that like is going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, at their bye week they were three and six, and they ended up ten and seven. Yeah, yeah, it's a crazy rebound. So, uh, unquestioned success. Unquestioned. Next up, Dallas Cowboys preseason win total nine and a half. They hit their over, and uh, losing the wild card round in to the Green Bay Packers in, in maybe my favorite football game ever. Mm-hmm. They had. Maybe the best defense in football for the first half of this season. Dak Prescott was an MVP candidate on and off all throughout the year until uh, he had that bad game against Buffalo. I don't know. Rico Dowdle. C.D. Lamb was finally leaped up into the the top tier of of wide receivers. It looked like the Mike McCarthy revenge season for all of us giving his OC credit for all of his work, and now he's calling plays. Dan Quinn was a head coach candidate. What do you think, Mike? Success, failure, or on par for the Dallas Cowboys? Catastrophic failure. I I borderline want to say on par. It felt like a very Cowboys way to end the season, right? But like, if you're yeah. a Cowboys fan, you're fucking disappointed as hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, all throughout the year, it was just rough. I mean, you started like, at the first chunk of the season, it felt like, all right, the Cowboys are good. I don't like them against any of the really good teams. And then it became, holy shit, these Cowboys are really good. They could win the Super Bowl. Dax could win the MVP. And then, like, step by step, it all just got, like, peeled away. They won the division. They had had, had have some things go right to them, but they did all the stuff they needed to win the division. And were, what, a game out of the one seed? Two games out of the one seed, maybe? Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing they're going, eh, should they fire Mike McCarthy? 
Is Dan Quinn not going to get a head coaching job? Should they extend Dak? This is a, a pretty drastic turnaround coming out of the, the loss to Green Bay. Which, mind you, Dak had a terrible fucking game. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams like that that are in a position to be like it's Super Bowl or like that's our like every team's goal. Superficially, every team goes into the season with the goal of we want to win a Super Bowl. But there's also a lot of teams who internally realize like, like all right, we're not there though. We like, we all we all know like I know what we just said, but we all understand <laughs> that's not actually going to happen, and this is what we need to do for the future. Um, but then you have teams who are actually like Super Bowl or bust. This is what needs to happen, and it's common to see those teams when they hit like a wall over and over again. And I'm not talking about personal experience at all here. Um, have to reflect and be like, this may just not work. Maybe this version of the team can't get us there. And I think that's where Dallas is at this point. And so maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. What do you, what do you do though? Yeah. You getting rid of Dak. You really think you're going to just get a better quarterback than Dak Prescott? No, Dak's better than Tua. And I said about Tua, like guys stop like compared to their other options or their uncertainty of other options, the the Dolphins are going to stick with Tua. And Dak's better than Tua. So. And they're bringing back Mike McCarthy too. I mean, I get it. Like back-to-back 12-win seasons, right? That's impressive. But we all kind of know the rap on Mike McCarthy at this point. Mm-hmm. And it, like it's, it's maybe, maybe the highest quality coaching free agent season that we've had in God knows how long. You're like, what if we bring back the guy that couldn't get Aaron Rodgers to more than one Super Bowl? It just feels so similar to the Jason Garrett era, whether it was Jason Garrett and Dak or Jason Garrett and like Romo and Owens and and that time period. Like it felt like every year they come up short to expectations and we'd be like, oh, Jason Garrett's probably going to have to go. And then Jerry Jones wouldn't do it. Here's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think back and the that's my quarterback rant was just one head coach ago in Dallas. How is that not like four head coaches ago? What do you mean it was your quarterback rant? That's my quarterback? Trials. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a rant. That was an emotional outpouring of support. By a, a beautiful teammate who the media conti- consistently slandered. All right, I'm going to say the Mara playoffs thing isn't a rant then, too. That was just an emotional outpouring. It wasn't a rant. He was crying. He was going, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. He wasn't ever there going, that's my quarterback. <laughs> my quarterback? They really killed totally how funny that was by making it into a DraftKings commercial that's on six times a game. Oh, yeah. Now, I, it, I, I don't even enjoy it anymore. Oh, yeah. It's like when there's anything cool and then like uh, some some corporate entity realizes that people find it cool so then they like co-opt it and they're not going anywhere yeah please no one do the alan iverson practice rant as a commercial <laughs> yeah it's like if your mom walked into the room and their kid was like oh hey mom how was your day and she was like oh it was pretty lit fam no cap dab yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know uh, off topic here does it kind of feel like, people who are, like, 30 and plus are going to kill TikTok any day now? Yeah. Like, why, why is it that everyone I know who's, like, an actual adult with, like, a, a mortgage and shit is on TikTok now? Like, y'all are going to kill the platform. All the kids that are doing the stuff you like are yeah. going to go find other shit to do because it's, you're on there. It's similar. It's going to be similar to Facebook in that 30, 
like 30 and 40 year old conservatives are are slowly killing tiktok yeah it's just women that look like they should be fox news anchors getting them and their aryan children to do tiktok dances yeah <laughs> what were you talking about uh yeah oh, I, I, i'll tell you I, what i want to talk about uh, okay yeah sure. i don't really want to talk about it at all but because i mentioned his name tony romo was is still one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the league but we can move on not quarterbacks not like announcers you're not you don't you don't have like a tony romo booth take to rip off here this is you Jim. No. are the three let me ask you this are the three best color guys in the league right now collinsworth romo and olsen or is collinsworth not in that conversation i don't like olsen i know Olsen's probably so good olsen's uh, so good no, I don't like Olsen at all. If you, if, all. if you like, I, like I said, I'm putting those guys in the top tier. If you forced me to pick the best, I'd pick Olsen. Olsen's the best Olsen, color guy in the league right now. Olsen's so like says like the soft speaking thing. Yeah, but he knows hair. his shit. Like, there's no one that's going to teach you more about football watching it than Olsen. You know who's one of the best color guys who does college football? Fucking RG three. The NFL needs to call him to do he's, NFL games. He's so bad on the studio show, though. He is. <laughs> yeah. But he's so funny, like, and just, I don't know, he's just, like, a really fun, like, color guy. Like, when, did, I, did I always think about random it. random this year who did a really good job. Like, oh, you know who it was? Oh, who was the, uh, who was the, the cornerback who snatched Amari Cooper's chain? Oh, um. Akeem Tlaib. They had Akeem Tlaib to a yeah. game this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think I remember that. <laughs> I feel like it would stand out if it keeps on me was on on commentary. <laughs> we got we got to move on. We were taking so much time to get through. This. We're, through we're through four teams. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles preseason win total ten and a half. They hit the over. They lose in the wild card round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in just spectacular fashion. By the way, today uh, they announced the the Eagles announced that Sirianni had fired Sean Desai. Which really is just like, <laughs> it, it's like, I, I like I can't even think of, of a good adage for it. It's, you have like a, a, it's like American Sniper at the end. You have a shot on the sniper and decide to shoot the door guard instead. <laughs> like, I get it. Sean Desai didn't do a great job. But neither did Matt Patricia. And you not can and Matt, like the news should have been, Nick Sirianni fires entire defensive staff. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's just Nick Sirianni fires Sean Desai. It was all all done to create the illusion that Sirianni was making changes. Yeah. Like, but he really didn't. Like, is Nick Sirianni in the closet and he's banging Matt Patricia or something? And we just don't know about it? I cannot think of another possible reason that Matt Patricia has had a meteoric rise to the top of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. I don't know, but we're not making... I'd let Matt Patricia sleep on me t-shirts, I can tell you right now. No, you, not you wouldn't survive the night. <laughs> you would not. You get a pencil right to the eye. <laughs> um, failure. <laughs> failure amongst failures. Dare I say. Yeah, going from the Super Bowl to losing in the wild card round to Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield. Uh, not great. Losing one of your last six. Your defense crumbling to astronomical deep levels pits we did not know Marianas trench s yeah the opposite of astronomical yeah <laughs> sorry james cameron is currently that is also where the philadelphia defense ended up <laughs> yes they're way down down in the ocean yeah, yeah there's no argument 
Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. They hit their season over. They made it to the playoffs. And you could, I guess, put the asterisk that, well, they didn't have A.J. Brown. But Jalen Hurts looked worse. The offense looked worse. The tush push got stopped in the playoffs. They went one and six down the stretch with with AJ Brown. They lost to the Cardinals. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't AJ Brown. Shout outs to the Eagles. Appreciate you losing to the Cardinals and helping Washington secure that number two pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers preseason win total eight and a half. They hit the over, losing the wild card round to the Buffalo Bills. They had three different people play quarterback. People are still going to be on the fucking Mason Rudolph train because he had two good games in a row and then lost in the playoffs. Kenny Pickett has been announced as the starter with competition, which means he's not the starter. <laughs> uh, what was the what was the high point for the Pittsburgh Steelers season? Was Congratulations. It, can can oh, I ask sorry. you this? Was it, was it beating yeah. Baltimore? Was that the high point? Or was it when Josh Allen did the fake Kenny Pickett slide? The highlight? Yeah, what's the highlight of the Pittsburgh season? <laughs> it would not be Kenny Pickett doing the fake picket slide, or Allen doing the fake picket slide and then taking it to the hoose. It would definitely seems, be being Baltimore. It's like the best moment in the season for anyone related to the Steelers organization this year mm-hmm. with someone ripping off Kenny Pickett's move. I feel like this one's pretty on par. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe like minor, minor success. Because you walked into the season with Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitch Trubisky as your quarterbacks and somehow managed to still weasel your way into a playoff spot. Yeah, T- but Pickett... TJ Watt had like 20 sacks. Pickett looked good in the preseason, so I think there was a lot of Steelers fans who thought Super Bowl baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking delusional. You get rid of Matt Canada, that's a big success. That is a big success, I agree. Trying to see how many sacks TJ Watt had. I think it was 20, wasn't it? Ah, fucking... You know what? I'm just not going to know because that stupid Google thing I was talking about at the start of the podcast. 19 sacks. Any more thoughts on Pittsburgh season? Any NFL player with the last name Watt made it a full season without getting hurt at some point? Is one of the brothers a fullback that doesn't play a lot? Oh. (laughs) I know there was a a Gronkowski fullback. I'm not sure conflating the two. I might be. They're the same people. The Gronkowskis just are the offensive side of the Watts. Yeah. Next up, finally, onto the division round. Houston Texans preseason win total over under a five and a half. They hit the over on that. Losing the divisional round to the Baltimore Ravens. CJ Stroud, definitely going to win rookie of the year. D'Amico Ryans, if he doesn't win coach of the year, he'll be in the running for it. Bobby Sloak's going to get sniped away from the team, but you now know that CJ Stroud is a professional NFL caliber player. You get him at two. Will Anderson, you pick up at three. He has an awesome rookie season and deserves Defensive Player of the Year, even if he doesn't win it. Him and John Grenard turn into one of the best pass rushing duos in the league. You have a roster full of holes, but still looked great during stretches of the season. Tank Dell goes down. Noah Brown goes down. You're just left with basically Nico Collins at the finish line. Uh, Yeah. Success, failure, or on par, Mike? Massive success. There are way ahead of schedule on this rebuild the Deshaun Watson trade and the what they got from it looking great the moves they made at the draft last year to get Stroud and then move back up to get Willie Anderson worked like massive success for the Houston Texans they even there's even 
like bright things to take away from that loss. Like, yeah, you got your ass kicked in the end, but hey, it was tied at halftime. And you were playing arguably the best team in the NFL. And it was tied at halftime. Some of that's and, some of that's results oriented analysis because uh it was tied at halftime because of a punt return touchdown. That's true. That and because I thought the Texans defense played a really good first half, but at the end of the day, like I looked it up going into the game, their run defense had the lowest success rate in the league. So really Lamar Jackson's rushing over, which I think was like fifty five and a half, was like the best bet of that game. Yeah, he had a hundred in the game. He had a hundred, so he shouldn't have been surprised. It was very a premier Lamar Jackson day, one fifty two, an efficient one fifty two through the air, a hundred on the ground. <laughs> Four total touchdowns. But a big... I know Stroud didn't have the greatest game. I think it's sacked once. Yeah, I so I was talking about this yesterday. I feel like Stroud is now in this conversation too. But Mahomes and Rodgers are the two guys that I feel like never get sacked because they just throw away the ball at the highest rate I can imagine. Like, I, I feel like every time Mahomes or Rodgers has ever been in risk, they've just thrown the ball out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Stroud's got a little bit of that in him too. Stroud, like when there's nothing going on, and he, I mean, what we've learned this season is he fucking reads that that defense. He's left to right and back again, and so if he's under pressure, he already knows if something's going to be able to be completed and just chucks it out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Underrated skill, taking yes. sacks and throwing interceptions are such painful plays. Loss it down, stay at the same spot. Out of the three, that's that's what you want. Absolutely. Yeah, huge success. I mean, I was a big critic of the Will Anderson move. I don't like taking the second pick on Stroud, moving up to three. Like, at the time, it really looked like there was just a rift between the coach and the general manager, and they couldn't figure out what they wanted. In retrospect, it seems like they just had, like, really high grades on both of these guys, and it paid off. And, yeah, you you don't – I don't think they have a first-round pick this year because of it, but – They do. They do have a first-round pick. They have Cleveland's first round pick. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus Christ, Cleveland. Yeah, but to end up in the playoff picture with a five and a half over under, and not in not in a way that seems like it's going to be unsustainable if Slowick gets picked somewhere else, that's a big success. Mm-hmm. Big fan of this Texans team. Too bad you didn't it, you didn't put them forward as our team for talent alone this year. And <laughs> they somehow had the foresight, like they traded with the Cardinals. So the Cardinals now get their first, which would have been number 27, but they got Cleveland's first, which is 23. Yeah, they traded up, basically. <laughs> they traded up. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, the team that I like to call NFC Houston. Green Bay Packers, preseason win total, 7.5. They hit the over. They lose in the divisional round to the eventual Super Bowl champion, San Francisco 49ers. Jordan Love. The, the coming out party for Jordan Love. Another team kind of like the Rams that started slow and fucking figured it out from Thanksgiving on. They, I, I, I'm sure everyone in the world saw this because it was a, a statistic that Saturday Night Football or Peacock put up on the screen. They had a different leading receiver by yards every single month of the calendar year. Like every month, a different receiver led them in yards. Ended up... This this one's crazy, too. Ended up, the player on their team with the most receiving yards, Jaden Reed. Wasn't Dontavian really? Wicks. Wasn't Christian Watson. Wasn't Romeo Dobbs. Wasn't Luke Musgrave. Wasn't Tyler Kraft. Youngest team in the league. They have 
I, 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 Jair Alexander, in and out of the lineup all season. Their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, is getting all the hate in the world, and they just fucking turn it on in the playoffs. End up stealing a game because their defense plays out of their mind and their offense plays exceedingly well. Young right tackle for them too, another guy that just tore it up down the stretch. And uh, yeah, uh, here, here's before before you answer the success failure on par because that's an obvious answer. Let me ask you this: as a Commanders fan, should I be pissed off that Green Bay has an unbroken line from Favre to Love of what looks like top what ten eight to ten quarterbacks in the league, or should I be glad that Rodgers left and can't go on McAfee and do a victory lap about how the Packers suck now that Rodgers left? Hmm. That's so tough because I <clears throat> I personally find Rodgers to be on like the very higher end of the scale of obnoxious douchebag. So <laughs> I'm prone to say the McAfee part of it, but it also is bullshit. Like I thought it was bullshit that they went from Favre to Rodgers. Like that's not fair. Like you have to have at least a couple down years where you're starting like your Mitch Trubisky's and your Mason Rudolph's. <laughs> like this is not fair. You can't do this. Yeah. You guys have been looking for a quarterback since what? Like <laughs> Joe Theismann? Yeah, since Joe Theismann's leg snapped in half. <laughs> yeah. Boy, Drake May's going to be a bust, isn't he? No. He's going to be a bust. He's going to be He's going to be out of the league in 4 years. He's the new Josh Rosen. Oh. <laughs> he has a hot tub? <laughs> and he's Jewish. <laughs> Look forward to your uh to buying your Drake May Atlanta Falcons jerseys in 3 years. Wow. Yeah, un- un- unquestionable success, right? Absolutely. Who is a more fun quarterback right now? Jordan Love, CJ Stroud. I'm going to say CJ. Yeah, and I'm going to take Love, but that's the thing. It's so close. Like, I'm not pissed off no matter what direction you go. Yeah. And another one where you just played the San Francisco 49ers down to the very end. Yeah, you lost because your rookie field goal kicker shanked a kick left. Yeah, and then in the end, he's not a rookie, but he technically is a rookie. Jordan Love tried to make a throw that he made he a bad decision. Like, but as we'll get to later, I it was he shouldn't have done it, but you also can't blame a guy for trying to make something happen. So. Yeah, he was trying to make something happen and he threw off his back foot. And also across the had, field. Yeah. He had had like three incredible arm talent throws that game alone. Mm-hmm. So he was probably fucking feeling himself. Yeah. He's like, I can I can complete any pass. And yeah, forced it into a window. Dre Greenlaw picks it off. Refuses to go down, despite the entire defense telling him to go down. Game over. Yeah. Six and uh six and two. Second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Thanksgiving on. Yeah. Team was just on a fucking tear. All right, next up, the, I don't know, second most boring team in the playoffs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their preseason win total, six and a half. They hit the over on that. Losing mm-hmm. the divisional round. Todd Bowles might be my least favorite coach that made it to the playoffs. Like, he called every game outrageously conservative. I was getting so frustrated watching their game on, what was it, Saturday? No, it was yesterday, right? Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was yesterday. yesterday. It was yesterday or Saturday. It was yesterday. <laughs> I was getting I was getting so frustrated watching their game yesterday because they would be in like fourth and short on the fifty and would punt it. 
It's so like what you think you think that you, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield at quarterback are just going to conservative your way to the Super Bowl? Go out there and YOLO ball it once or twice, brother. Like you're I it was closer between them and the Lions than I would have expected. But Todd Bowles must left so many points on the table by refusing to go for it on fourth until the game was already out of hand. Yeah, but then surprisingly he did like the more analytical minded thing and went for two. That one is like the for some reason that's like the loudest math in the league that's broken through. I feel like yeah. every coach does that now down fourteen. Yeah, I, it's weird. Yeah, I mean it makes sense when you break yeah. it down, but it's just surprised me that so many people have been doing it. Yeah, the, like the math the math is obvious, but so is the math on going for it on fourth and short. Like uh, fourth and one, if you if your team has like a sixty three percent chance of converting that, that's got to be worth more than reducing your opponent's chances of scoring a touchdown from 51% to 46% or whatever it is, right? Like, I, I just... Yeah. God, I, I was getting very frustrated watching Todd Bowles. And I was I was rooting for Detroit, but fuck's sake, man. This you're You are the worst team left in the playoffs at this point. You gotta take some risks. I don't know. Were they, worth, were they, were they the worst team? Because my team still haven't played yet. In the well, end, let's 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 give out let's give out some grades here. Uh, successful season, bad season, or on par for Tampa Bay? Similar, uh, slightly similar to coming out of with the Packers situation, except they didn't go to the young quarterback. They're kind of going to this the like journeyman holding pattern quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I think it was a total success. Success for Baker. He reinvigorated his career. Yeah. Big success yeah. for Baker. I guess you have to say success for Tampa Bay. Their preseason win total was six and a half, mm-hmm. and they won the division. But it feels I, it feels like you won on a technicality. You won because no one else did. Right. There was a point in that game where I think it was when they scored to tie it 17-17, may have been. Maybe on that touchdown. Uh, it was one of the touchdowns, and I thought to myself, like, you know what? I just like the NFL with, like, good Baker. Yeah. Like I enjoy when Baker's having a good game, I actually enjoy watching that. It kind of it, it's kind of reminiscent of like 2014 Russ, 2013 Russ, like around that time period. Mm-hmm. When I, I guess with a longer leash, but just like oh, you know what, these games are really fun when this guy just uncorks a 40 yarder to Mike Evans. Yeah, except Baker seems like he'd be a lot cooler to hang out with. Yeah. Than Russ. <laughs> I think Baker's more likely to shotgun a beer and less likely to do high knees on a 747. Yeah, and I'm not one of like the short... He threw two interceptions. I'm not one of the short-sighted people who's like, Baker Mayfield, oh my God. He's like honestly like middle of the pack in in the league. Fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so in the end, sometimes those quarterbacks throw an uh, unfortunate interception to end your season, which is what happened here. How many games ended on interceptions? In the playoffs. Oh, the whole playoffs? You're making me you're asking me to think back a week ago. <laughs> yeah, fine. We'll move on. <laughs> well, there's only like what one close game in wild card week, so But just, like yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Did Stafford throw an interception in that game? Um All right, final team left on the board, Mike. Save the best for last. Buffalo Bills, preseason win total, ten and a half. They hit the over, win the division, losing the divisional round. 
the entire defense is hurt. I mean, y- you know how, like, you get to the Super Bowl and people are like, ah, the least injured team always makes it. Look, this team has 21 of their 22 starters are playing in- this week. Buffalo was the opposite. Like, Buffalo must have had, what, 200, 300 different players rotate through their defense? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen yep. had stretches where people talked about him as MVP. They fire their offensive coordinator partway through the season and get the Chris Knobloch bump despite going to a worse coach. Uh, credit where credit's due. Joe Brady in the playoffs called great games, I think. Um, get get some close wins at important times down the stretch. Steal a division away from Miami. Win a playoff game. Lose to Kansas City in the divisional round. And the snowballs rain down on those players. Mike, Buffalo Bills. Success, failure, on par. You have to ask, it's a failure. <laughs> what? what? If, All you? I'm giving you the giving you the floor. Okay, before I get into so fi- the funny thing is, is I wrote a bunch of like notes and talking points down, but I did it right after the game yesterday when I was very fired up. So <laughs> it should be fun going back and rereading these. Um if you're a quarter if you are a team and you have Patrick Chiefs, you have Patrick Mahomes. Every year you don't win the Super Bowl, failure. Every year the Patriots didn't win a Super Bowl with Brady, failure. Same thing with the level of quarterback Josh Allen is every year we don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure. Yeah. And it was once again a failure this year. And it was heartbreaking. <laughs> um I go salt. So first thing I wrote down here is if you leave a game up to a kicker in the year twenty twenty four, you fucking suck. <laughs> Okay, I very much believe I don't. I, I would be the most aggressive coach in the world. Like yeah, if I'm past Dan Campbell, I, I'd be who? Dan Campbell. No one can even name the Lions kicker. Yeah. No, there's like, and, and even on that. So <laughs> in basketball, I constantly get whenever a player who isn't like a seven foot center has a poor free throw per, or yeah poor free throw percentage. I'm like, what do you even do? At practice, like it's not that hard to hit free throws. It, it frustrates me. If they literally kicker, call it free. <laughs> exactly, they call it the charity stripe, not the "ooh, this is going to be tough" stripe. Um, kickers who miss field goals under fifty yards, you should not be on an NFL team. You practice one thing all week, every day, make fucking field goals, and all of a sudden, it you can't do it from under fifty yards. But and you then had cor- to know it was coming. Oh, I, bef- yeah, everyone I in knew the it. world knew it was going right. Oh yeah, I literally, I was, I was crouched down, like holding onto the edge of my kitchen table, and I was already defeated before they even lined up to kick the ball. And I was like, "We're fucked," because even if by some miraculous way this kick does go in, we're giving Mahomes two minutes. Yeah, yeah, like, too what, much time on the clock. Yeah, way too much time on the clock. Which was such a f- switch because going into that commercial break, it was like they're killing time. They're going down the field. Like, it was just crazy. And why did we play our, like, not that he matters, like punters, no offense, no offense to special teams players. Not like, not like your gunners, your long snappers. You guys are important. Kickers and punters mainly. I understand, like, punters really, once again, I'm a very aggressive minded person. So I think punters are also very expendable. But we played a hurt punter. You could go down the block and find a punter who's healthy, and we played a hurt one. Yeah. We signed Matt Hawk, who was, used to be with the team over the – like, what? Did he – did he? Did you, you bring him in and you found out he was missing a leg? And so you're like, crap, we got to stick with Sam Martin now. Matt Ariza is still just sitting at home on the couch, man. Yeah. 
I don't think he's acquitted. Yeah, they. I don't think they would have done that in the playoffs for the because of the amount of news coverage it would have gotten, <laughs> and they would have dealt with shit from it. But do, do you think yeah. before? Do you think before Tyler Bass goes out there to kick the game-winning field goal, McDermott pulls him aside and goes, "I want you to be like the Unabomber out there. <laughs> I want you to mail that package right through the uprights." <laughs> And that was the worst part of it, because you know Jim Nance was like full erection in the broadcast booth, just waiting to go wide right. Yeah. <laughs> it happened again. I wrote that note down. Can people stop living in the fucking past? You can't watch a Bills game without them at some point going, yeah, wide right in 13 seconds, eh? These guys, fucking losers, huh? <laughs> Free Bills game. It's pretty pretty tragic history. It's kind of hard to yeah. ignore, Mike. <laughs> I'm just shocked they're not like 13 seconds wide right. Oh, Music City Miracle, Music City Miracle. Yeah, that's another one where the entire city wanted to jump off a cliff. That was a good one. That was a I good was one. Li- I, was listening to, I was listening to a recap podcast today, uh, trying to trying to coalesce some of my thoughts. And in that, they mentioned the Music City Miracle because they were talking about the Josh Allen lateral. And they were like, that was a forward pass. But they don't call forward passes on those laterals. It wasn't a forward pass. Go. It wasn't. But they were like, I- I'm still on over the Music City Miracle. And I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot about I like Buffalo has just had everything go wrong for them. Yeah. It's Brett Hall's foot was in the crease. Like it, it's just brutal. And speaking one more thing, this isn't, I'm not attacking Sam Martin this time. Our long snapper confirmed that was the designed play on that fake punt. Oh yeah. They didn't audible because they saw that the chiefs were missing a guy. That was the call. Let me tell you what's really stupid in football. Fake punts. Okay. No, no, no. Fake punts are great. Fake punt runs are terrible. So stupid. (laughs) So bad. But my thinking is, odds-wise, the chances of you converting on a fourth with your actual starting offense on the field compared to your special teams players, I'm just going to go ahead and let them know, yeah, we're going for it. (laughs) And I'm going to put my best on the field. Instead of a fake punt, and like you said, have DeMar Hamlin run it. What, What are we... Earlier in the game, it was fourth and nine. Nine yards out of the end zone. I guess technically there was like a smidgen of space where they could have got a first down. But it's basically nine yards out of the end zone. And McDermott was like, yeah, got to kick it. Got to kick it. Don't like it. But then from our side of the field, he's going to run a fake punt where we have like our fourth string cornerback run it. At least with fake field goals, you can be like, well, eh, you know, we got the backup kicker as the holder or the backup QB as the holder. But they don't anymore. It's always the punter. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was meaning to be punters have two jobs, I guess. They punt and then they... <laughs> they hold, yeah. Hold kicks. Um, so that was just weird. Also, D- Diggs dropping passes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, I, Diggs, that Diggs drop was egregious. I was in, sh- like, shock. Like, my body was floating. Like, I, I, I was having a moment of disassociation where I didn't think I was real and we were in a real universe. <laughs> I could not believe that happened. And I... Can't believe I'm saying this after a year of being like, leave Diggs alone. Stop trying to take my star receiver. Everything's fine. The connection's just gone. Yeah, there's something off. I don't know what it is, but there's something off. He had a strong start to the year. And then the last couple games of Dorsey is when he started to disappear. And then when they switched to Joe Brady, it was totally over. Yeah, who's like in this game? the most impactful receiver on the the Bills' side of the ball was by far Khalil Shakur. Oh, and I love me some Shakir. He's been one of the guys 
like last year I wanted them to get more involved and they didn't. And then now this year with, because some of the additions like Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield didn't exactly pop off, um, but still Trent Sherfield or no, it was, I think it was Hardy who had the punt return in week 18. Yeah. That was um, Deontay Hardy. But Trent Sherfield had a great play this week where he basically he carried James Cook for an extra nine <laughs> yards. That was great. I'm just shocked he didn't like fully pick him up off the ground under his yeah, arm. He was, he was a step away from just putting him under his arm like a kid. <laughs> like he was carrying him out of a fire. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so Shakir got more involved. And, you know, speaking of receivers, though, you know what became just like really noticeable in this game? I was like, oh, wow. We needed Gabe Davis. Yeah. Like he didn't yeah. have the greatest year, but it just not having him in there actually really hurt us. So. Shout out to Shakir. Love Shakir. Unfortunately, the dig situation isn't great. And I don't think even if it was like, yeah, we should trade him. He has a massive contract. He's coming off a down year. And what you're going to get for him is not going to be what you would have hoped if you did a year ago. So this is like an elite offseason. The quarterback and all the wide receivers went to a compound in Idaho. And just sat around and talked and ran drills and threw the ball around for three days and they're going to come back reinvigorated and we're going to get like the first three games of the year next year is going to be like 200 yard receivers every game for Buffalo. I, I hope so. Cause that was a big thing last night. Like our, maybe p- part of it could have been by design. Like, Hey, we want to try to cut down the possessions in this game. And, Cause if you notice last chief scored, they were quicker drives. They had way more explosive plays than us. Buffalo was death by a thousand cuts, marched down the field, six yards, six yards, six yards. And it was beautiful. Um, well, at least they were until those last two passes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But our receivers like couldn't get open yesterday. Yeah. like It almost felt Kansas City took a page out of how we've played them in the past. Yeah. they. I mean, I, I felt like Buffalo's game plan ended up becoming we're throwing swing passes and five-yard outs, and we're just letting receivers yak it up. Yeah, but, and, and then oh. if everyone's covered, Josh Allen, you just fucking run for it. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I'm. I mean, ugh, some of the plays yesterday, some of the, like the downfield blocking, the blocking by like other receivers and stuff on those swing passes and those bubble screens, it was like busting a nut. <laughs> it was so good. Um, okay, yeah, we, I guess we, we uh, have to talk about the last two plays. Unless you do you have yeah. other important notes? No, I, I was just about to say. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the the, the Josh Allen thing. Yeah. So, quick recap here. The McCole Hardman running the ball in uh, puts his ass right on. Who was it? Was it Dawkins' face? Who was he sitting on? Don't remember. I can't remember. Deion Dawkins is a off- uh, offensive lineman. That wasn't Dawkins. Okay. Yeah, Deion Dawkins is. It might have been pro team. It was either was it Dorian Williams? I can't remember. It was definitely a lineman, but he's sitting on his face. Gets the ball knocked out of his hands, fumbles out the end zone. One of the weirdest rules in football, but you love it when it works for you. Oh, man, the internet was so mad. <laughs> dumbest, dumbest rule in football. Like, literally, after that series, I got a Bleacher Report thing that was like a source from ESPN saying owners are going to push to change that rule. Like, that fast, how it happened. Like, Buffalo, for the first time ever in the history of ever, a dumb rule helped them. And the internet was ablaze. <laughs> if, like, if give that- me a break. If that ended with a Buffalo win because of that, that rule 100% gets changed. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But McCole Hardman fumbles it out of the end zone. It's a touchback turnover. Uh, is that the series where we get the Josh Allen deep bomb to Stephon Diggs that he just drops? Or is that earlier in the game? 
I can't remember if it was, I think it may have been because there was also the one series where he went deep to Sherfield and Sherfield like, lays I, out. Yeah. Lays out. I thought he got it. And sadly, yeah. Did not. Replay, he very much did not. Yeah. So very the much. Sherfield deep bomb was definitely that last series. But Buffalo marches down the field. They get to what? Like the 30 ish? They get to Kansas yeah. City's like 30? Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were tapping on the door of the red zone, I think. And they've been doing this thing like we were talking about all game. It's James Cook running the ball like crazy. It's Josh Allen taking off when everyone's covered. And it's bubble screens, swing passes, just getting getting the ball out into space between the hash marks and the sideline, getting blocking downfield and letting people run with the ball. And for some reason, don't know if it's Josh Allen, don't know if it's Joe Brady, but they call on second and third down. Josh Allen tries throwing deep into the end zone. One time he throws it into the dirt when he's under pressure, and the second time he just throws it into coverage. Neither pass was well advised. When you, you there's two minutes left on the clock, need to turn the ball, convert first downs, keep marching. A field goal ties it. I mean, obviously we know now that he missed, but at the time a field goal ties it. Touchdown wins the game if you drain enough time off the clock. In the end, throws two inadvisable passes, leaves a ton of time left on the clock. So even if they, you do get the field goal, like you said, Mahomes is getting the ball. Two minutes left and two timeouts, but instead. Tyler Bass shanks it hard right, and then they continue to show footage of Tyler Bass crying on the bench for, like, three straight minutes. Hmm. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, going into that drive, <clears throat> people on Twitter are like, man, I'd really love, like, an eight-minute touchdown drive because there's, like, 823 left, I think. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And as they're going into the commercial with the two-minute warning, I'm like, holy shit, we're actually going to do it. Uh. The second, the, the third down pass was not great. He he rolled out, head to the was heading to the sidelines, and really wanted to pull off some Josh Mahomes magic. I mean, they pointed it out like his ridiculous completion percentage, one yard from the sideline during the game. That's yeah. like unlike any quarterback in the league. Um, the first one I defend him on. He had Shakir and Deion Dawkins got backed up into him and it messed up his throw. Yeah, so Dawkins gets backed up into him, but so he he throws it in the dirt in front of Shakir. Mm-hmm. But it was between two safeties. And I know Josh Allen's one of three guys in the world that can make that pass. But there were Dude, two safeties on either side of Shakir. You think I care? Josh Allen could fit the ball into windows that are smaller than, like, the windows on the little Keebler Elf treehouse. <laughs> like, like, there is no window. I'm not scared. He can't rocket one through. So I, I think that would have been a touchdown. And then, yeah, we would have left time on the clock. But you're saying just keep him out of the end zone. They got, like, a minute 45. Just keep him out of the end zone. Yeah, you would have been up and, by four. Yeah. So the second one was not great though. And the second one was the play that made me go, what the fuck? We just needed a first. Yeah. 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 It just needed a first down. <clears throat> but uh, as I kind of said earlier, <clears throat> I said it all season. You have to take the good and the bad with Josh. And part of the bad is that he, he is competitive and he wants to make those plays. I love it about him. Sometimes it makes me want to pull the little bit of hair I have out. Uh, I'd have to get tweezers to do it. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like even after like after those throws, I still like I came out of that game and at no point was I like, God damn it, Josh. I, you know, he, he played his ass off again. He's still one of the best QBs in the league. And it uh, it just didn't work out, you know, but I mean, our receivers struggled to get open. And if it was Mahomes or Rogers, that would be totally defensible for them. 
all there's all year. Not it's not Mahomes' fault. He's having a, a a down year by his standards. It's his receivers' fault. Josh throws an interception in a game, and it's like, see this fucking kid over here, terrible, terrible. You know who? Just a fun fact. Since we're going to be like, we constantly want to annoy Patrick Mahomes. Put up his fucking playoff records, and oh, him and Kelsey have, you know connected the most time in the playoff, whatever. You know who won Super Bowls with Julian Edelman and a hodgepodge of receivers? Tom freaking Brady. Okay, so don't even put those two in the same conversation because it's not even close. Even if Mahomes has all of his stupid Kermit the Frog sounding voice, his dumb State Farm commercials, I don't care. They're not even close. This is totally unrelated. I'm just so upset about this loss that I've gone totally off the rails. But it is so frustrating. You finish with an EPA behind Tua fucking Tonga Vailoa. Behind Kirk Cousins, I know he didn't play a full year, but still... You finished behind Kirk, QAnon, Cousins. And it's not your fault. It's all your poor weapons faults. Okay? Josh Allen had his connection with Diggs fall off the face of the earth. And his EPA didn't suffer. The way he played didn't suffer. But we give the pass to Mahomes because his, his, his connections, his receivers are bad. And Travis Kelsey is too distracted by his girlfriend in the press box. By the way, I can't watch Super Bowl. I can't watch it because if, if they're in it, I can't. Because I can't stand the constant cuts to her being like, oh, my God, football. Look at that. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. But I'm just I'm so upset. <laughs> and I thought I'd put it down for me and I could be professional on this podcast. But it has all gone out the window. Yeah. Does that make the loss worse that Kelsey scored two touchdowns? Not entirely because I knew it was going to happen. Like we were playing a, a th- our third, we had to call AJ Klein and be like, "Hey, you didn't pawn your cleats yet for money because we need you to come back and play linebacker." Because <laughs> it got so bad. So I just just <clears throat> so that when someone inevitably clips this and talks about how Talon alone is fucking stupid and thinks that Patrick Mahomes sucks, I didn't uh, say that. I didn't say that. He's just not as good as Brady. <laughs> Tom Tom Brady did lose a Super Bowl with Randy Moss. Yeah, but that's because the guy did the helmet catch. They've got a book, got a book deal out of it. And uh, also, Tom Brady did have Robert Gronkowski. That's true. And that so, guy was he was pretty good. Just want to put a, put up the pretty. defense there like that. That's uh, that's all I needed. Um, all like, do, do you do you have any more demons you need to exercise here, or are you ready to move on? Or yeah, just that as a post mortem on this season, it's clear that we are. We're still clinging to that team that lost in 13 seconds. Yeah. Because we think that, that was so close, and that's the team that can win us the Super Bowl. And that team is older, and that team is not going to do it. And, like, Poyer and Hyde, sorry, but it's time. Um, oh, that's a Joe, Yeah. Uh, Joe Brady called some good games, but I don't think – I would interview other candidates along with Joe Brady in the offseason. Perhaps Ken Dorsey. Perhaps um, he he got an uh, interview somewhere yesterday, but I can't remember where it was. Um, like in the, the second half, one on that which was kind of frustrating is the the Chiefs locked in on the run, and so there were some yes. wasted plays where it felt like we ran it just to see if hey maybe maybe the openings are back and they they still weren't back. So <laughs> it's like stop wasting it down, please. It didn't um, really feel like that thing you do when you check the fridge and there's nothing in there that looks good, so you go check the cupboard. There's nothing in there that looks good, so you go back and check the fridge again just in case you miss something. <laughs> exactly. Um and McDermott this isn't even about his performance. 
down the stretch, I thought he got a lot better. He went for it on fourth and one from our side of the field, first drive of the game. I was so proud of him. He did. He had a situation like that in the Pittsburgh game where I was like, holy shit. He's like won his last three coaches challenges. Like, what is that? Like, he never wins challenges. We just hit that wall with him, and I don't think we can we can get by it. It's Maybe John we can. Fox time. Fire him. Bring in your Kubiak. Yeah. We've seen it happen plenty of times where consistent, good coaches that lead their teams to winning records keep getting knocked out in rounds, like round two, round one, whatever. Not Bill's case. We've been pretty good at making it to round two, at least. But we've only been to the AFC Championship once with Josh Allen, and that's that's just not acceptable. Um, you got Bill Belichick prob- sitting right there? Yeah. Yeah, that would be fucking crazy. Uh, I would have to come on here and make so many apologies. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing is, this was like one of those dark thoughts you have after your team loses because it hurts so bad after so many years of it hurting so bad is I, th- I thought about you and your team. And I was like, I just kind of wish we can go back to being like a shit team sometimes. <laughs> like, I just wish I didn't have the expectations to get set up for the heartbreak. Like, you know, it was fun constantly being like six and 10 every year and then having to talk myself into like Trent Edwards and EJ Manuel in the off season to create fake excitement and hope. But then when the hope led to nothing, I was at least like, yeah, well, I knew it wasn't really going to happen, but we can dream. <laughs> Makes it very you know? stress-free. <laughs> yeah, it does. Playing with house money, as they say. Yeah. All right, Mike, we got we to gotta move on. That's all the teams. Um, by the way, just want to point out, every team eliminated so far, and I believe every team left, hit their over on the season win total. Yeah, I we went into the season, and obviously I probably thought they would have hit it by like one more game, but we saw the Bills at 10.5, and, and we're kind of like, what? And they ended up hitting 11. Last thing I'll say as a little preview for our Thursday pod is, oh, buddy. Congratulations on throwing for 215 yards against a defense that was 80% backups, Pat, but have fun against the uh, the healthy Baltimore Ravens next week. Yeah, that's going to be a little scary. Um, okay. We, we were supposed to have two more segments, but we went real long on that, obviously, doing the, the post-mortem. Uh, so we're just going to do the remaining playoff teams. I have created a playoff panic meter. I have uh, two players two teams, or I should say two individuals, two teams, and uh, an entire sports organization. Then we're going to talk about how panicked they should be. And it's, it, I took, I found a way to get all the remaining teams left. Uh, this, so the idea behind this is how important is it that this team wins the Super Bowl this year? Mm-hmm. First up, we're going Kyle Shanahan. Never won a Super Bowl. Half the league runs the system, and Brock Purdy's starting to look mortal. Scale of 1 to 10, Mike. How important is the Super Bowl this year for Kyle Shanahan? Real quick, I was texting you during that game, and I'm more on the negative side of Brock Purdy than a lot of people. But at one point, you made a you responded to one of my things, and it ended up like a Purdy to Goff comparison. And I was like, oh my god, that, that's genius. That was like <laughs> such a spot-on comparison. Uh, but I think... What's the scale I'm rating this on? One to ten. One to ten. How badly did he win the Super Bowl? I, I put this. This is a, uh, I don't, uh, about like a seven point five. <laughs> um, I'd say like a seven or an eight. It's pretty high up there. Because it's not like this is a super young team that has a lot of runway. If it doesn't happen this year, I think they're in a place where it's like it has to happen in the next year or two, or what we have constructed is going to have to start falling, breaking apart. 
and we could step back for a little while. Yeah, they are in they're in a really good cap position right now. They have basically everyone of note locked in through at least next year. Mm-hmm. And then for the most part through a couple of years, but for sure everyone that you know of on this team at least is going to be back next year. Yeah. I I gave them an 8, similar thing <laughs> like the Shanahan stuff, it's it's starting to get a little like, all right, dude, you got to you got to get a ring. Like we're we've anointed you as one of the best coaches in the league. You're this great offensive designer. We've all forgotten the draft tray sermon in the third round, and then literally never give him a snap thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got to put up or shut up at some point. And your defensive coordinators keep getting poached every year. If Steve Wilkes gets ca- poached this year, you're not going to just be able to keep going to the well and getting great defensive coordinators in the building. Yeah. So it's it's getting to now or never territory for Shanahan. It's not there yet. That's why it's an eight out of ten and not a ten out of ten. But it's getting there. Mm-hmm. And they've made to the, the NFC Championship again. Yeah. And there's like this idea, I feel like when you start getting knocked out in the same round every year, that's when like the talk you're, the thing you're talking about really starts, that conversation really starts to heat up. Like you just can't get beyond that. There was a funny, Romo made a funny uh, comment talking about how Steve Spagnola and McDermott both came from Longtime def- uh, Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Johnson, like that coaching tree, and that's why they're so, they're so good at defense. And he goes, you know, like Jim Johnson, you remember all those years that uh, Andrew Eagles needed it to the NFC Championship, and I, I was like, what a backhanded compliment to point out that they went to a lot of NFC Championship <laughs> games and only won one. <laughs> it's pretty funny. By the way, half of the NFC field this year, coach-wise in the playoffs, was on that 2010 to 2013. Mike Shanahan, commander staff. It was literally half of the head coaches were on that staff. And then we just marched out Jay Gruden for seven years. So sorry, Adam. (laughs) I'm so sorry you had to live with that. You had had to go through that. That was tough. You know what's funny? What's up? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. No, Go ahead. It's not really related. I thought it was kind of crazy. Talk about it. Do it. We talked about it, like, I think in the offseason, but it was funny that. Uh, divisional weekend, AFC, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, uh, CJ Stroud, NFC, Goff, Purdy, uh, Mayfield, <laughs> Jordan Love, okay, Jordan Baker, Love. Yeah, Baker, Baker Mayfield might have somehow ended up being the second best quarterback on divisional weekend in the NFC. Yeah. Next up, I got Lamar Jackson. So... So he's going to win a second MVP. They finally got the Todd Munkin offense in the building. It's an offense more suited to him. He has, like, I think that there's some, like, very quiet, like, he's a dark-skinned black man QB stuff going on now where people are not giving him credit mm-hmm. that he deserves without a Super Bowl win. Like, not to call out your boy, but, like, I think Josh Allen gets more credit than Lamar Jackson despite them both having equal amounts of Super Bowl wins. And... Lamar Jackson having two more MVPs. But, like, there's very quietly, like, a whole, like, Lamar Jackson's career is going to be considered very different if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. And not in the same way that, like, Barkley's career is considered different, but in the way of, like, he's a dark-skinned black quarterback that's athletic. And that's – it's going to it's gonna really shape the way that people talk about his career when it's over, I think. Um, so- and OBJ, who probably is not going to be back next season, but has been a good piece. But – Kind of on the positive side, like, this maybe isn't, like, a total panic year, 
Zay Flowers and Isaiah Likely have looked awesome, and they mm-hmm. will be around for a while. And this defense is young too, young and talented. Yeah, yeah. There's, I feel like there is a little bit of all the old football guys who didn't think Lamar could be a quarterback are still angry about it, so they won't give him credit. Yeah, and they probably want to say like make a racist point about him being a black quarterback, but they they keep it to themselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it's very quietly simmering under the surface right now. Like it's definitely subtext, not text, but I I do feel like it's there. I feel like Lamar gets no credit yeah. despite. Now he's going to be the youngest two-time MVP winner in league history. Yeah, and I was really happy for him that not only did he – because there was, like, this playoff monkey on his back, and now he performs in playoff games, and he threw it off with such force, having a fucking four-touchdown day running for 100 yards. Yeah. Yeah, he was was great. Yeah, like, at me. Talk to me about my playoff performances now. So we're looking at his index for needing to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, what is – right now, as of now, not career-wise, right? Because I know I was talking about career. But right now, this season, what is, out of 10, how important is it for Lamar Jackson to win the 2024 Super Bowl? I put it at, like, a six because I think it is very important for him. But I don't think – like, if they don't do it this year, I think they're going to come back with a very good team next year, and they might actually have, like, a running back um, that could, like, a healthy one and to help them out. And when you see, like, the emergence of young players, like Isaiah Likely, Zay Flowers, young players on the defense, like Kyle Hamilton's one of the best safeties in the league, you have hope that if it doesn't happen this year, we're going to be okay. We'll be back in the situation next year. So that's why I say, like, a six. And the team's been just drafting completely out of their mind ridiculously yeah. well, despite – as long as Lamar Jackson's been there picking in the 20s. Yeah, I, I have it at a six also. I Like like you said, it's important for Lamar Jackson's career to get a ring at some point so that no one can deny how good he's been. They can't make any dumb fringe argument about rings. But this isn't a team that's their expiration date set this year. This team has, has a few years left of contention. Mm-hmm. Next up, the whole organization, the Detroit Lions... Like, here's here's my thing with the Lions, right? Goff isn't this good. Like, on the broadcast, they were talking about how Goff came in there and he's really thriving and he's learning more about football. But let's be honest. A, a Tiger doesn't change his stripes. We know what Goff is, and Goff isn't this good. Who is this good is Ben Johnson, who is 100% getting sniped to another organization. Another guy, Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, probably going to start getting some interviews because their defense has outperformed the level of the talent on that defense. Mm-hmm. I I kind and okay, so I'll, I'll say City of Detroit, right? You get the first win for a Detroit Lions football team in the playoffs since 91. Or I'm sorry, first this is the first NFC Championship game since 91. You get the first right. win in I think it was 30 years. Mm-hmm. City of Detroit already has their success here in a way. I mean, obviously you you want to contend for Super Bowls when you get this far, but there's no way you can be upset about getting for the first time in 30 years what you've gotten. But this kind, this team kind of kind of sniffs like the 2022-2023 Philadelphia Eagles. Like this, Dan Campbell, I think, might be a better head coach than Nick Sirianni, but they both have that similar vein of like, we're going to be big locker room guys and we're going to trust our coordinators to coordinate. Mm-hmm. And Ben Johnson might be the best offensive coordinator in the league right now. Like him and Slowick this season have been the top two. And Ben Johnson will not be back next season. And if Aaron Glenn's gone next season, you're replacing two coordinators on a team that played exceedingly well. You almost have to accept the fact that Ben Johnson is getting poached and try to lock down 
um, <clears throat> Aaron Glenn. Glenn. Thank you, Aaron Glenn. And just because think about it, like if he's done very well this year, and if we get him more talent on the defense, he can do something really special. Uh, their index of needing to win a Super Bowl. They're they're also playing with house money. Like holy shit, the success we're seeing we haven't seen in decades. But I feel like for teams like that, there is a point where you you're on those seasons where you're having success you haven't seen in, in years, and you get so far and do so much that you haven't done in a long time that it starts to feel like, oh, well, now we have to win it all, or else what was it for? You know? Yeah. So I'm gonna put it at a I'm gonna put it at a seven. I have it at a nine and a half. Woo! Sheesh. Because. Let's say Ben Johnson walks out the door, and you replace him. Like maybe you go in house, you you promote their quarterbacks coach or something. Someone because Dan Campbell seems like an in house guy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say you bring someone from in house and promote him. If that guy ain't Ben Johnson, this team is like. And now you got Green Bay breathing down your your neck. Like it this this division isn't as locked in for Detroit as we thought it was gonna be. Green Bay looks good. The Bears got hot down the stretch. The Vikings are also in the division. But if you if you can't replace Ben Johnson with that level of play caller, it might be over after this. I'm not saying miss the playoffs, but I'm, I'm definitely not saying win the division, get some home playoff games, be able to compete with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And that's my worry. That's why I'm saying nine and a half. I think that this crumbles a little bit next year. Yeah, they, there could be a step back. The, the, I really like your Eagles comparison of what will be the team look like because their coordinators. Very good chance they get poached. All right, my final team, what we're going to end up closing out the podcast with, the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL. So it's combined. It's how concerned should the Kansas – or what's the, what's the Kansas City needs to win the Super Bowl index for the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL as a whole. Let me explain. Mahomes and Reed already have two rings, right? Including last year. Like, they're literally the defending Super Bowl champions. So, they're obviously not that concerned with winning the Super Bowl. They want to win the Super Bowl every year, but it's not a make-or-break thing for their legacy or their future as a franchise. However, we've seen the Kelsey decline this year. It's happened. Travis Kelsey ain't going to be around a lot longer. And while he also has two rings... You know what the NFL really wants is a trophy ceremony that involves Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. and to show Taylor Swift in the box in Vegas celebrating and to get Swifties buying fucking Taylor Swift was won the Super Bowl merch and stuff like that. And that is what the NFL wants. And if Kelsey retires this offseason, him and his brother decide they're going to do two things at once where they both podcast, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't really figure out how to shoehorn that one in the NFL needs this year to be the year they get Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl she already turned them down to do the halftime show two years ago so she ain't she ain't going there of her own accord she's going there to support her boyfriend that you absolutely love so I have this one set up differently I have a score for the Chiefs I have a score for the NFL and I average the score but I want to get your take on this what do you think the Chiefs slash the NFL what do you think that their Chiefs need to win the Super Bowl index is right now Chiefs are like a five, you know, like they want it, and it's the the season's always a fail as a considered a failure if they don't get it, but they don't super need it. The NFL is a ten. 
Like they want this so bad. They want every every year they just they love they want Kansas City to get closer and closer to the 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 Patriots dynasty. They want to have those conversations all over talk shows and first takes about is this Chiefs Reed Mahomes era better than Belichick or Brady or on the, the same level. They want the Taylor Swift. Like that was a big thing. They love Taylor Swift so much. And they want they, really do. they want her rushing down to the stage to kiss Travis Kelsey as they host the Lombardi trophy and then have an Edge and Lita esque live sex celebration. <laughs> you know, like you said, they love to cut Taylor Swift. And she's been up there so many times. And like the swag surfing thing a couple weeks ago was like her best moment. But she immediately, immediately gets outclassed as a person to cut to by Jason Kelsey, shirtless in Buffalo, hammering Bud Lights. At first, that was annoying me. They were like, oh, Jason Kelsey's wild. And then afterwards, he did tweet, like, how, like, awesome. He's like, like, awesome time in Buffalo, such a great atmosphere, like, infectious, which was cool. <laughs> he, he had his big-ass offensive lineman hand, like, Andre the Giant levels of around <laughs> a Bud Light. Yeah, so I have the Chiefs as a 3 out of 10. This is the worst team Mahomes has ever had. I mean, like, literally mm-hmm. just by outcomes. It's the first time he ever had to play a road playoff game, let alone two road playoff games. And they still made it to the championship game. So, they'll be back. I mean, yeah. like, as much as we malign their whole, like, ah, just throw whoever out as a wide receiver, it fucking worked. They made it. Yeah. I have the NFL as an 8 out of 10. Not quite a 10 out of 10. Because everyone in the world is going to watch the Super Bowl anyways. But if Taylor Swift is there, they might actually be able to get back to, like, the 90s levels of having, like, 100 million people watch it. Yeah. It, but maybe it, you're, to that point, a 10 may have been a bit much. Because the NFL is still the most watched sports league by large margins. So, they're not super worried. How pissed is Usher going to be if Taylor Swift is there? Imagine performing the Super Bowl halftime show and not even being the most famous musician. I would I would like it if he was performing and then all of a sudden like his mic cuts out and like all of his music's cut off and he's like, What the hell? And then spotlight in the back, Taylor Swift takes over the halftime show. You just hear, Nice to meet you. How you been? Usher's so fucking upset. Kanye comes out and he's like, Hey Usher, you're great. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Taylor Swift's one of the best halftime performers that I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Uh all right, Mike. That's uh, that's all I got for the podcast this week. You got any final thoughts on playoffs? Um, just uh, that Patrick Mahomes is a little baby who ran scared from snowballs, and I forgot what player tweeted it, but he tweeted out that the hot water shut off in their locker. <laughs> it then said, "Very classy." Uh, Feels like I, that was a Trent McDuffie thing. He was getting pissed about the snowballs too. He was, yeah. About to say it was about. You have no proof. We turned the hot water off. You have no proof. <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to you plug some stuff? We'll get out the building. Yeah, on Saturday, it's coming out tomorrow. I know I said today, but I don't know. Have your team suffer a heartbreaking loss in the divisional round to your biggest rival and then come talk to me. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know how that feels if my team ever makes the divisional round. Okay. And then this week, it's the Rumble, baby. We're on the road to WrestleMania, and we will have predictions. I feel like if we, I feel like the Rumble winner should be worth like two points in our competition. Yeah, but it's obviously going to be Undertaker, so maybe just one point still. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at Talon on Adam. Be sure you park it back here on Thursday this week for our 
next episode of the Talent Podcast. And come back on Saturday for another episode of Baski. Episode this week was phenomenal. I'm going to tweet mm-hmm. out a graphic for that here in a minute for our uh, our little losers draft. Next week, or this this weekend, I think we're doing uh, Academy Award movies cross-compared to NBA players. As well as I'm just going to keep hoping the Oilers continue to win so that we can have a reason to talk about the Oilers because we're going to do it regardless. Besides that, every Tuesday, you can come check out my NBA League Pass watchability power rankings where I tell you who's the most watchable team in the NBA, what the best games are, and what you should be paying attention to. Uh, this week, I woke, wrote about the Celtics streak a full 24 hours before they lost their first home game. So that was a great use of my time. With that, Mike, we got to shout out the only massive cock remaining in the NFL playoffs. Long Dick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>